Hey, and welcome back to the Yes Functional Longevity Podcast. We give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Good afternoon. My name is Chris Borda, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness, coming to you live on this spectacular Tuesday here in Burlington, Connecticut. Got to be one of the top 10 days of the year. Boy, I love the heat. Um, and I love those, the little heat wave we just had, but I do know a lot of people don't enjoy it, and this type of weather is their gig. So, boy, I'm jealous. I'm not able to get outside uh, It's a little bit later, and even then it won't be very much time today. But there'll be another great day other than today. I had a salesman coming today from Cintas. Honestly, I have no idea how those guys do it. Any salesman on a day like this, how do they get up? And get out and get in the car and drive all over the place. I would be stopping at the wrong places trying to have a little bit of fun in weather like this. For those people who know, Chris Bordo can understand that. So today, oh, do we have any um, housekeeping? We don't. We don't have any housekeeping, so let's get right into today's topic. And you can get our podcast, a transcript of our podcast, go to yesfitnessct.com, scroll to the bottom, hit the podcast button, and you can get a transcript on any one of the podcasts we've had so far. We're up over 200 now, or 205. And you can listen to it on just about any place where you listen to your podcast. So here we go. It's the exercise sweet spot to live a longer, healthier life. Need to do some, but you don't need to do too much. So exceeding the recommended weekly levels of exercise could reduce adults' all-cause mortality risks. However, after a certain amount of exercise time, there's no additional benefit seen. And we're going to talk about those times today. So find out what it is, how much you should be doing, but not doing too much, and make sure that you're doing enough. And if you're struggling with this, if you're trying to figure out an exercise schedule program, give us a call down here at Yes Fitness. We'll sit down and develop a plan specifically for you. So exercising more than recommended amounts could actually prolong your life study. Now, yeah, they pay somebody to do these kind of studies. They only kind of make sense. We've known for a long time that moderate and intense levels of physical exercise can reduce a person's risk of both osteoclerosis, cardiovascular disease, and mortality. So why not do it? And what, what's recommended is the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, recommends that American adults complete 150 to 300 minutes of moderate physical activity each week. There's 150 to 300 moderate level of physical activity each week and 75 to 150 minutes per week of vigorous physical activity. So what's 150 minutes? Maybe 20 minutes a day. What's 75 minutes of moderate? Um, what's it going to be? 10 minutes a day, seven days a week? Or maybe you do 20 minutes, six days a week? So it's possible to get these uh, amounts done. But research back in 2018 found that around 80% of U.S. adults and adolescents are insufficiently active. They're not hitting that 150 of moderate physical activity or the 75 minutes of vigorous physical activity every single week, even most weeks. But according to some new research published in the American Heart Association Journal Circulation, those who exceed 
healthy HHS threshold are more likely to live longer. Let's talk about this. The study also found that no harmful cardiovascular health effects among individuals completing four times the minimum recommended physical activity level. So four times that would be 800 to 1,200 minutes a week. Didn't find anything. There's no harm to doing that. However, exceeding this threshold also did not result in any additional reduction in health risk. So why am I talking about this when we can't even get 80% of the people do the minimum and I'm talking about the maximum? Because there are some people out there that do the maximum. So I'm going to try to correlate some of this with so the steps that people think about, 10,000 steps a day, to help you just get an idea of just, you know, we need to get this done. To live longer, healthier lives. We don't, number one, we don't want to die any, die any sooner than we need to die. And number two, when we're living, we want to be able to be physically active. We want to be having some fun. So researchers considered the physical activity in the medical records of more than 100,000 people over 30 years to help better understand whether exercise above recommended amounts led to benefits or drawbacks to individual cardiovascular health. Because there are some people out there that always think more is better. And we talk about it all the time. More is not always necessarily better. So the data was collected from the nurse's health study and the health professional's follow-up study from the dates of 1988 up to 2018. And the majority of participants assessed were white females with an average participant age of 66 years old. So white females, 66 years old. So this study is not like many of the studies that are college athletes and very few female college athlete studies are done. This is females, 66 years old is the average age. And in measurements of physical activity, they were self-reported. So people told them what they did and the exercise like walking and weightlifting and calisthenics were classified as moderate activities. Just walking, weightlifting, calisthenics are moderate. And in activities like running, jogging, swimming, and biking were considered vigorous activities. Now, when we talk about biking, we're talking about moving on to biking, not just getting down onto the trail down there and strolling along a little bit, all right? That's talking about moving a little bit here. And so this is here, here's what they found. That those people who met the recommended levels of moderate and vigorous activity had a 20 to 21% and a 19% lower risk of all-cause mortality. It doesn't seem to want to come out too well today. All-cause mortality. So the moderate intensity people had a 20 to 21% lower risk, and the vigorous people working harder, harder again, that's not always better, but working harder at a 19% lower risk for all-cause mortality. Of the participants who completed two to four times that amount, exhibited even greater risk reductions. Those in the, the latter group that completed more vigorous activity than recommended had a 21 to 23% lower risk for death. So if you're not working vigorously, you're pretty close to what working um, moderate is. Moderate was 20 to 21. Vigorous more than two to four times was 20 to 23. While those who completed more than moderate activity, more than the base, the minimum amounts, saw a 26 to 31% lower risk. So you do get... 
greater benefit when you go two to four times those recommended amounts. So in general, physical activity at or above the recommended levels was associated with lower risk of cardiovascular disease related to death and all cause mortality. And we've known for a long time, moderate and intense levels of physical activity can reduce a person's risk for disease and mortality. What we also have seen is that getting more than 300 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity and more than 150 minutes of vigorous intense aerobic activity each week may reduce the risk of arthrochlorotic cardiovascular disease. And even further so, it makes sense that getting those extra minutes of exercise may also reduce mortality. Now, again, I realize that many Americans, 80% aren't getting the minimum. The minimum would be 20 to 40 minutes daily, 20 minutes to get to hit the 150 to 300. Or if you're going to be vigorous, if you're going to be riding your bike, we're looking at 20 minutes daily. So 10 to 20 minutes daily, 75 to 150 minutes a week. Just get in the habit somewhere in your life to get up and go out and walk. It's moderate intensity. Move along a little bit. A few weeks ago, we talked about walking speed, helping you telomere length. I mean, this is all tied in together here. And we also know that, let's say you're a runner. Like, again, more is not better. When they started breaking that four times, which is a lot, they started to see a less benefit. The sweet spot for running is 20, 5 to 20 miles weekly running. Over 25, we start to see a loss in the benefits of running. Okay? And speed. Talking about speed, like I need to run fast. Well, not necessarily, although this is kind of fast for me. Six to seven miles an hour in your run is plenty fast enough. Once you get over eight miles an hour, you start to lose some benefit. Again, our point, more is not always better. Let's at least get to the minimum. So we've got a meta-analysis. We've got another study here. Okay, 15 studies involving nearly 50,000 people from four continents. They offered some new insights into identifying the amount of daily walking steps that be optimally improve adults' health and longevity. So if you if you can't, if you're thinking about, okay, for some reason you can't time what you're doing, we can use the step to pedometers, right? And what they took a look at was whether the number of steps is different for people of different ages. Because we know that, you know, as you get older, things change, right? So the analysis represented an effort to develop an evidence-based public health message about the benefits of physical activity. We want to be evidence-based. The often repeated 10,000 steps a day mantra grew out of just decades and decades of old marketing campaign for a Japanese pedometer, but with no real science to back the impact of the health. So scientists went out to figure this out scientifically. And it was some interesting findings reported in a paper published in March 2nd of the Lancet Public Health. So the researchers up at the University of Massachusetts Amherst and um, international group of scientists who formed the Steps for Health Collaborative found that taking more steps a day helps lower the risk of premature death. Okay, again, we're paying people for studies. It's stuff that we probably don't really need to pay them to study because that just makes sense. It just reaffirms what we just talked about the study a minute ago. But more specifically, for adults 60 and older, the risk of premature deaths 
leveled off at about 6,000 to 8,000 steps per day. So it's not the 10,000 step number. It's six to 8,000 steps per day. We're making it even easier to get this activity in. Meaning that the more steps than that provided no additional benefit for longevity. So great. Get 10,000 steps in. Is it going to help? Maybe. Maybe not for longevity, but maybe for some diseases, right? And adults younger than 60 saw the risk of premature death stabilize at about 8,000 to 10,000 steps a day. So I know people, you know, they get, oh my gosh, I got to get 10,000, I get 10,000. You know what? If you only get, if you're over 60 and you're only getting 6,000 one day, that's okay. Relax. What researchers actually saw was an this incremental reduction in risk as steps increased until it levels off and the level occurred at different step values for older versus younger, which is interesting, right? And the research found no definitive association with walking speed beyond a total number of steps per day. Getting in your steps, regardless of the pace at which you walk them, was linked to a lower risk of death. So this new research supports and expands the findings from another study published last September in JAMA Network Open, which found that walking at least 7,000 steps a day reduced middle-aged people's risk of premature death. And steps are simply, it's very simple to track, right? There's all kinds of fitness devices out there now to, to do that. And if you don't have steps, go by, if you don't have a device, go by the time. Say, I'm going to go out there for 20 minutes if you can't get out there and if you don't have something to count your steps. The research group combined the evidence of 15 studies that investigated the effects of daily steps of all cause mortality among adults 18 and older. And they grouped nearly 50,000 participants into four comparative groups according to the average steps per day. In the lower step group, averaged about 3,500 steps. The second, 5,800. The third, 7,800. And the fourth, 10,900 steps. And among the three higher activity groups, got more steps in per day, it was a 40 to 53% lower risk of death compared to the lower group that didn't quite get as many steps in. So what's our takeaway from this today, okay? There's a lot of evidence suggesting that moving even a little bit more is beneficial, particularly for those who are doing very little activity. You get your greatest, your greatest gains are in the beginning. Whenever you do strength training, it's in the beginning. When you start walking, it's in the beginning. The more steps per day, the better your health. Myself personally, how do I put this into my life? I know that I'm not coaching as much. I'm in the office now. So I'm getting up in the mornings and 5, 5.30, 5.15, I should say. I'm out on the track about 5.30. And if I know that day that I'm going to be sitting in the office a lot all day, it's a half an hour walk. Pardon me. It's a half mile walk to the track. I do three miles on the track and then I walk home. It takes me about an hour and 15 minutes to do that somewhere around that time frame. So I know that I'm getting my moderate intensity activity in here. I'm getting more than, you know, the 20 minutes, okay, which is really the base, the minimum amount of amount. If I know that during a day I'm going to be working out or I'm going to be out on the floor a lot or something like that, I'm going to head up to the track and I'm going to get a total of three miles in, which is about an hour. So I'm not running specifically real fast. I'm running about three miles an hour, um, which has got a good enough pace. And I'm getting that time in. I'm getting those steps in. And all this activity is going to help reduce my 
lower my risk for mortality, lower my risk for death. And that's that's what we're looking for right now. Um, pick up the pace. It helps you tell them your length a little bit. Um, we know from a few podcasts ago, let's get that walk in there, and it's going to help lower our cortisol levels, which helps lower our stress, clears the mind. I know personally, most mornings when I'm just taking a stroll like that, uh, I'm listening to some kind of book, some kind of podcast. That's what I use for my learning time of the day. Uh, because specifically when I work out, I cannot listen to that kind of stuff. I really need to be focused on when I'm working out. I might just be listening to music or something. But it's, it's not a waste of time. It's a time that I can improve myself and get better both physically and mentally and emotionally and all those kind of things. So I really recommend trying to figure out some time in your day. If you're not in there, if you're not getting that 20 minutes a day a minimum, to start doing that. And don't be afraid to go past that 300 minutes um, because you can work way up to 1,200 minutes, which is a lot of time, okay, and still see some kind of benefit. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's what I got for you today. I hope it was helpful. I know um, hopefully it inspired somebody to get up off the couch. That's what we're looking for. So you can look for more information from me next Tuesday on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. I want to thank you for watching and have yourself a great evening.